Hey everybody, it's Michael Martin. Happy Thursday. So, as you can see, you've heard me say before, like, you'll be your own best teacher. This is kind of how it happens, right? You do the work. You have your experiences. It thickens your skin or not. You take risky chances on things. Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you won't. But that all teaches you stuff, right? I think when you can let go of needing to be right all the time on every call, you have much more peace in your life because you're playing probabilities. So the in and of that, if you say that and you mean it, you will understand emotionally that you're going to lose, you know, part of the time. And if you've been around long enough as a pro, you know that losing money is part of the business. It's nothing personal. It's probabilistic. And so if you have that type of ego where like you are who you are and I'm always right and I've got these strong opinions and you come to the marketplace, you know, it's a tough place to kind of find out. It's a very expensive way to find out that, you know, you might win arguments over the dinner table, but the market isn't going to listen to your bullshit, <laughs> right? You can, you know, and if you're, a, if you've taken umbrage with that kind of stuff from me, then I would say go to cash because, you know, putting your chin out and trying to stay in your ego is a quick way to lose a lot of money. People have a bad sense of history and they don't know what it's like. Case in point, if you look at the darlings that are out there right now, um, take Bitcoin, for example. You've got all different shapes and sizes. You've got all these different reasons of why the thing can't fail and, and this and that. And who knows who's right? All you can trust is the price, right? Because the theory, the theory doesn't really matter on some level. What only matters is the price. Um, two, the thing that no one really speaks about, and, and this might come as a surprise to some, some folks, is taxation. You know, you have long and short-term capital gains, right? Um, and that's normally for what people think of stocks, but I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Go look up how commodity transactions are taxed. And then what I want you to do is envision a world where government comes in and says, oh yeah, sure, we love crypto, but we're going to, you know, capital gains tax now on any crypto of any shape and size is going to be 60%. And what, what are you to do at that point? Are you, are you, do you think, well, it'll never happen? Well, how do you know? We've just basically given out whatever, how many thousands of dollars to people, that money, the tax is going to come from somewhere. So I'm not going to say that you're naive because I don't know, you know, I don't know you personally. But I, I kind of wake up in the morning thinking that on any given day, the world could be very, very different than it was yesterday, right? Now, you've felt this feeling before. Tesla reported really good numbers. You know, they qualified for the S&P and this and that and whatever. Stock was at all times high. And what else happened? What else happened on that same day? We're going to sell about $50 trillion worth of stock at this price point. It's like, man, that a boner killer. So just because you can't fantasize about it, maybe you don't want it to happen. 
that tells you a lot about yourself too. Your job is to play superior defense. You can't fall in love with your own reflection like narcissists. If you're making money in these names, great. But what's your hedge if the world is very, very different? Because trust me when I tell you the central bankers are all talking about this. Now, I don't know when and what and why and how there'll be an announcement or what have you, but this isn't going to go unchecked. So I'm not making market calls here. That's not what I do. But your job as a risk manager is to think of all possibilities, even if it's the ones that make you uncomfortable and you don't want to think about them. That, when you can do that and live in that neighborhood, then I want to talk to you. Because that's what pros do. Where can I be wrong? Where are my blind spots? That's what they do. Where are my blind spots? They're not sitting around thinking about how much money they make so they can go go and buy the next biggest friggin' Jean-Michel Basquiat painting, right? That's all part of it, but you need to protect your capital. Now, we talked yesterday about the stuff that you say and the stuff that you do, and sometimes those roads don't go parallel. If you're having conversations with clients because they've given you an allocation, yeah, you have to be up on the names. But you could also coach the client to understand that you have a, a rough understanding of the fundamentals and that they're always important because that eventually is what drives the company. People have to believe in the good or service or the consumer's not going to spend money. If the consumer's not spending money... There's no revenue to speak of. No revenue, there's no earnings. So it all matters. But then how you manage the risk, though, is much more technical, right, in playing superior defense based on the price more than what's going on at the company, who's the CEO, if there's a new product line, this and that. So you have to be careful that you don't go down the path and start believing your own, you know, bull, because that's your marketing speak to your clients. In the end, risk management's black and white. There isn't any give. We talked about that earlier in the week. Sure, you can you know, drop your stop from 85 to 80 just to see how it feels if you're trying a new strategy or if you're trying to develop your intuition and you know that's not going to do any lasting damage to your portfolio. But if you're trading awfully large and that extra five bucks is going to mean three or four percent in your P&L, then I wouldn't do it, right? Everything needs context. You see? So, so don't talk yourself into being more lax because the client is, says, the worst thing a client can say is, oh my God, I love Tesla, right? Because now it's like you, you have to be objective, right? Because it's putting in, you know, recently it's put in historic highs. But that, <laughs> that that actually tells you in that sector that weakness could be around the corner for a decent percentage. So when clients kind of say that, make sure that you communicate back to them that you do too. The fundamentals look strong, but the price dictates what we do here. Because you can't have your clients thinking that they're co-portfolio managers. Or else you're, in, you're not a trader, you're an investment advisor, and that's, again, okay. So your behavior kind of dictates what you do. 
and I see too many people are living in a bit of a lie and that they want to call themselves PMs, but the clients are the really are the ones who are kind of like agreeing to everything, which is kind of the business that you have to be in if you're especially at a wirehouse because you have this whole solicited, unsolicited thing. If you're an independent investment advisor, then I wouldn't sign up any new accounts unless you have full discretion because you don't want to have to negotiate with people every time because now you've taken their emotional constitution and you're trying to make it part of your trading model. That's not going to work. And it doesn't work. Right? You're not going to be Lennon and McCartney. There was one lyricist for Rush, for the most part. And all the other songs that were written, as a track on uh, Permanent Waves that Getty Lee wrote. It's a decent song, but Neil, was, Neil wrote the hits, and that's the way it worked. Same with The Police. I have appreciation for, I even quoted a song called Darkness, right, from Ghost in the Machine, written by Stuart Copeland. And it was a good song. And I liked the quote. Um, but the person that wrote the songs that everyone cares about, that made everybody the money, that won the Grammys and all that stuff, that got the radio play was Sting. And I think as a trader, you have to be the singer-songwriter. It can't be, okay, you know, Lennon and McCartney, right? Maybe, maybe, depending on who can kind of like have the final say, you can get like an Elton John, Bernie Taupin kind of thing going. But someone has to be the boss. And there can't be equal, equal rights here. Because especially if you're getting incentive fees, you cannot let the client's emotional constitution interfere with what you do. Unless, of course, you bifurcate those ideas and put them in a separate account and let the client do what they want to do with a little help from you. But your P&L is in your own account with a separate account number and you go about it that way. Right? So sometimes these things are... are good or bad, based on how you set them up. And the last thing you want to be is three, three years down the road and have set up something that's not sustainable. So, you know, yes, it's their money, but you are the person who's sitting at the head of the table. And that has to be super clear because it's just messy. You cannot have your client, well, I really like it, I know we should have sold at 85, and now that it's at 80, I just want to hold it. I don't want to get rid of this one. You don't want to be in that situation. You know, when it comes to making those transactions, you have to be the boss, and you don't want to have to ask for permission. Again, that is, that is when the investment advisor is actually acting as a, as a portfolio manager because they're going to be able to step in and say, here is the fact where I'm wrong, right? And it's not like I'm wrong, wrong. It's, it's like, here's where the market thinks differently than I think. So I know that the selling pressure can step in like a deluge and really hurt us. So this is the point where I have to take action and protect your capital. And why do you do that? Well, it's because the client can't do that for themselves. Now, when you're, when you're just starting out, it's a little harder because you're happy to, you know, you're happy to talk to anybody who can fog a mirror. But at the end of the day, if you don't set it up the right way, be intentional. Be super clear about who the people are that you want. The best scenario is where you have a client who's worth 500 million bucks. They're going to give you an allocation, 
and then they're going to go away. Go do what you do to make the money in the first place. Go play golf. Take up painting. Go do something. I don't want to talk to you every day. This isn't a friendship. I run money. You manage risk. That's it. Because it, the, the, that all that stuff can be, their insight can be a very subtle and unconscious way for them to try to steer you. Then there's the, I don't have, there's not a name in the portfolio and they say something, this is the second worst thing they can say. What do you think about Ethereum here? And the answer is, is like, if I thought anything about it bullish or bearish, we'd have a position in the portfolio. Because for me to be bullish in anything and not have a position doesn't make any sense. Right? I can have one unit. You see? I could be short a unit or whatever that might be for you. So this is how you can let that emotional interference, you know, you can block it. It's like putting a parental control on the internet. Because all of that stuff can really wreak havoc on your P&L if you don't keep it in check. The important thing is that you cannot suppress your feelings, right? You don't want to do that. You want to feel all your feelings and see what are they trying to tell you. Sometimes it's just new. It's like, well, I'm doing new things. I have new experiences. I have new feelings or new combinations of feelings that I haven't done before. And I got to get used to them. They're not good or bad. They're all good. They're all trying to teach you something. All right? That's all I have for today. Um, if you'd like a free copy of the audiobook or the inner voice of trading, it's at Martin Chronicle. It's on me. Go help yourself. Uh, thank you for being here, and I will see you tomorrow.